0: Where two friends discuss and drink to their favorite cozy mysteries. I'm Carolyn Wilkie.
1: And I'm Sabrina Marchhausen.
0: Well, Sabrina, I've done it. Yes. I've turned 35. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> I am officially old.
1: So now that you're old, what is the old what is the most old thing you've been doing?
0: Uh so instead of drinking and partying for my birthday, we made a garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because oh. I have been watching so much Monty Don <laughs> on purpose.
1: <laughs> I'm not judging you, judging you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: judging you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually it was really really fun. Uh, my um, my mom and her fiance, who's also a really good gardener, came up, and then my I didn't uh, know she was going to be available, but my aunt Paula came up from Boulder also, and then mm-hmm. my aunt Tasha, who we'd seen on the fourth, um, was like, "Oh, well, I have something to do in the morning, but I'll call and see if I, if you guys are still planting," and so then she came over too because we got a later start than anticipated, um, and we had to like chop down those big annoying like it wasn't a big tree but it was like um and a very annoying tree and it took us like five minutes to clear all of the brush but then Mm -hmm. there was a huge stump and i posted pictures of it on my twitter but it took us two hours to dig this stump out because of how the roots were so thick and they were also like impossible to like find the bottom of like, you know, because we bought a saw to saw through them. That way we could pull the stump out itself. Mm-hmm. And it was impossible. Like, this one was at least eight inches around. We could not find the bottom of it. And like at one point we were like, oh fuck, we're just fucked. We're just we're not gonna be able to get it out. But then we saw the light of day. The trowel pushed through underneath it. It was beautiful. It was like a it was an excellent moment of triumph. <laughs> So I did a lot of physical labor on my birthday.
1: I I can't even keep a succulent alive, so.
0: Well, this is the first (laughs) year I've been able to keep plants alive. Like, I really honestly, I have tried in the past. Like, it's really not, I've killed everything. Succulents, basil, herbs, whatever. And I don't um, kill herbs.
1: Because I am, you know, I'm obese and food. So herbs are food. So I don't kill them.
0: I would argue that you do when you eat Yes.
1: Them. By eating them,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> but no, I've been bad about it. But this year I've been actually I've been able to I over the winter I was able to keep all of my lilies both of my lilies alive, though one is not doing poor well because that pot has poor drainage. Things mm-hmm. I learned from Monty Don.
1: Yes, yes. One <laughs> does not.
0: <laughs> and um but my other one's doing great. And then um yeah, so, I mean, this is a big adventure. I've got some peas, which have just started to sprout, which is very exciting. And I've got some a couple eggplants and a zucchini and then a bunch of flowers. And my hosta, my poor hosta, is getting sunburned because the root system isn't big enough to draw up enough, enough water to combat the little... It Honestly, it's in a pretty shady spot. Like, it doesn't get a lot of sun, but it's not... Uh, established enough to, like, combat the amount of sun it's getting. So I had to build... build. I took a cardboard box and cut it up, and so I made a little, like, hut for it <laughs> to keep it shaded. Anyway, my my little garden is filling me with a lot of joy at the moment. All right.
1: All right, Miss Marple.
0: <laughs> I have told you. You want to be Lady Felicia. I want to be Miss Marple. That's
1: very true. Um, You said... Eggplant and zucchini, two of my least favorite vegetables in the entire world. And in fact, probably the reason I'm going to starve to death in uh, North Macedonia is because they put it in every fucking dish. I looked up the top 10 national dishes of North Macedonia and it has like aubergine and fucking zucchini in every single one. And I'm just like,
0: fine, fine. I'll just not eat. It's
1: good. They do have some other great stuff.
0: Yeah, just go hard on looks, the hummus.
1: Yo, I hate hummus. You
0: hate hummus? Oh, man, girl.
1: <laughs> okay, I used to love it. I used to eat it all the time. And then I just ate too much of it. Yeah. And now I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I know how that goes. <laughs> it's,
1: you know? And so um, I'm just going to starve. Aw. <laughs> just going to starve to death. It's fine. I need to lose the weight anyway. It's fine. <laughs> That's not the way to do it. It's totally to do.
0: We don't we don't advocate losing. No, we weight. do here
1: at Wine and Murder Night we do not approve of disordered eating. <laughs> not approve. We don't advocate for it. We don't advocate for it. I'm just going to starve to death because I I literally gag if I put aubergine in my mouth. And I try every year to put to eat aubergine that's been doctored up in some way. And every year I want to kill myself. Not really, yeah. but every year I just want to throw it back up on the person who fed it to me, which is usually my mother.
0: <laughs> Not even Baba Ganoush, where it's all pureed and you, it doesn't have the same texture. No, it's the taste. It's the taste. Okay. Aubergine
1: is very. Aubergine is very bitter to me. I'm a super. Oh, taster. okay, okay, so, okay. I'm a super taster, so aubergine is incredibly bitter to me. No See, matter what I you do. I
0: love the bitter. Like, I love bitter in everything. Like, I love that super dark chocolate stuff. Oh, man. I
1: like bitter things. This is not good bitter. This is bitter that says,
0: don't eat me, I'm poison. Well, you know, it is technically a nightshade. Yes. And my (laughs) body is like, why are you putting this poison into my body? Thank you very much. Well, speaking of poison that we're putting into our bodies, what are you drinking tonight?
1: I am drinking a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. ...that I found at Costco. Nice. It actually has a fabulous variety of wines. And my vineyard has, is owned by three generations of women. Oh! So women-owned vineyard. It's a T Point from Marlborough, New Zealand. It's a 2018 Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Nice. Um, I had to go get wine from my little corner store, which we have picked over pretty well for this podcast... So I made my choice based on, I know I've never drank this before, rather than (laughs) any other decision. Um, So I have a 2014 Mountain View Zinfandel um, from California. And, you know, it doesn't have, like, there's nothing about this wine bottle that would make me pick it up. Other than the fact that I've never had it before.
1: Yeah, mine is rather, like, Costco wine labels are quite plain. Mm -hmm. They just tell you where it's from. It's Kirkland's signature, so what they do is they buy from various vineyards around the world and, you know, make it home brand. Mm -hmm. This was $8, so.
0: Yeah, this is a little more expensive than I tend to go, but again, at the tiny corner store. Yeah. Though good wines are a little bit more expensive. I need to do more preparation next time i'm going to Aldi tomorrow so i'll probably pick up a wine good good idea all right well are you ready to get right into it i am it's back on our bullshit of (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the fucking bbc so once again we're back you know everybody in this show (laughs) well today we're watching death in paradise season one episode one arriving in paradise And to lead us off, we get, like, a nice couple of quick cutty together scenes, just a little bit of island life, some good, you know, calypso music in the background.
1: French calypso music, so.
0: Yeah. And we get to see, for instance, like, some people on the beach, We clearly on an island. We get to see some men outside playing basketball, um an old man trying and then we go into like try go into the police station and we see an old man um uh, making faces at a goat and one of the police officers is like okay that goat is clearly not yours he's not coming to you go like so, he's unclaimed <laughs> <laughs> we're going to
1: what is it uh when uh civil forfeiture so we're going to we're going to forfeit your right to this goat
0: my favorite well then then they put the goat in lockup
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) with the with marlin the the petty criminal who's always in fucking jail
0: no marlin got his own cell the goat is on the other side they both Uh, got their own cells (laughs) nice um Well, we can't
1: trust Marlin with the goat, can we? No,
0: no. No. But we learn that this is the Honore Police Station. Yes. Um we see uh as uh Fidel is going to lock up the goat, a familiar face in bedecked in Hawaiian tropical garb, a Nichols. shirt and cargo shorts. It's our funny valentine My funny valentine Sweet comic valentine
1: It's all funny valentine Actually that's literally my very first note All funny valentine Exclamation mark Charlie Hume. Mm-hmm. E. I. Charlie Hume In case you guys need a reminder It's Hugo Spear You know him from Father Brown
0: I know him from Musketeers <laughs>
1: There you
0: go. And uh, he tells Fidel that he's about to knock off early.
1: Oh no! He asks if it's okay to knock off early, and Fidel is like, "Like I'm gonna tell my boss no." <laughs> like, like uh, Fidel. I like Fidel. I like. Um, I love every. I love every cast member. I love Death in Paradise. Let's just get that out there right. Now. <laughs> this is possibly Father Brown. I think. If I had to choose between Death in Paradise and Father Brown, I don't think I could. Like, these are my two favorites. And they're completely different. Mm-hmm. You notice they're, like, completely different. But, you know, Hugo Spears is in both of them, so really. <laughs> well, only for a little bit.
0: But okay. yeah, no, I think, I think uh, Death in Paradise is a really good, fun show. It is mm-hmm. the coziest of cozies. Mm-hmm. right like it's got this bright vibrant atmosphere the characters are vividly painted the setting is vividly painted like you feel very at home there
1: even yeah. as a
0: viewer and they really do a lot to play that up like even the mysteries themselves when they are a little more bloody or violent or whatever they're never grotesque and <laughs> it never gets dark.
1: No. Although it does get sad.
0: Yeah, it can go sad, but it never gets I don't know, it never goes like, Midsummer. sometimes goes real dark, I feel like. I
1: would argue I would argue that there is one episode that goes very, very dark and very, very sad. And it's, uh, what happens to our Paul Richard. Uh, That devastated me. And so... I would argue that that is the one time out of character that Death in <laughs> Paradise was very uh dark and sad and slightly grotesque actually.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um but the reason that Valentine Hume I honestly I forgot to turn my subtitles on and I like I listen to everything at a very low volume just cuz I don't like loud mm. noises. And so I have to have the subtitles on anyway. And if I had forgot to turn the subtitles on, because I turned them off for a different show. And I missed his name up until about the halfway point. <laughs> um, but yeah, the reason Hume heads out is that he is going to a party. And we know this because we cut to said party and a beautiful woman sneaking through the bushes and into the house of the party in a very, uh, cat burglar-esque sort of manner. Actually, that's not quite true. More like a grifter. Somebody who, like, clearly is suspicious. Doesn't, yeah.
1: Clearly doesn't belong there.
0: But is trying to blend it.
1: Well, she's confident. Yeah. Now I have a question. She is a a five French actor. But, um, we, don't, we haven't really been introduced to her yet, so... I won't. I won't tell you what she's done.
0: Okay, sounds good. We see some numbers punched in on a safe, and then we hear a gunshot, and very quickly after, an alarm goes off—a
1: very loud, obnoxious one.
0: Over at the honorary police police station, the phone starts ringing. Dwayne's listening to, I think, a cricket match on the radio. He's listening, he's listening to the cricket. Uh, the Caribbean does
1: cricket. Uh, India does cricket. Australia does cricket. Good job, England beating Australia in the last Test match. I actually love cricket, and um, this is how this is how you know how British, uh, how inoculated I became. I love the cricket, and I was in, I was visiting a friend in Georgia, and she attended the University of Georgia, and I was visiting, and there were these really fit Australian guys playing cricket on the quad. And I was explaining to her how you play cricket, how, you know, how you score, what it's like. And one guy out in the uh, right field slowly turns to look at me and I'm like, oh, did I, did I say a rule wrong? And he goes, no, it's just, I don't hear birds talk about the cricket very much. And I was like, thank you. I will take you to bed. No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. But uh, but it was obvious that actually he was kind of interested and I should have
0: done. But like, but like uh, I love the cricket, so to be young I actually... and know what we knew now. <laughs> Everything I know about cricket I learned from a Bollywood movie. Well, you know, the Indians all good at the cricket. Yeah, no, and it was it was a fun movie. It was like a um uh it was a Version of that Shakespeare play where Viola dresses up like a man.
1: Oh, uh, as you like it. I think so. But yeah, no, I I do love the cricket, and so Dwayne listening to cricket and then being really confused when people are like talking to him <laughs> 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 is is me. Like if I'm watching if I'm watching a tennis match, or if I am watching the cricket, or if I'm watching a football match, I you you can't interrupt me. I get really pissy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Dwayne was doing waving Lily off uh the female yeah. officer as she's like trying to get them to go out for this call and so she's like fine, I'll go do it myself. Um and she gets to the uh panic room at the house and she Waves off the gathering crowd. They punch in the code for the panic room. And the door swings open. And we see D.I. Hume dead.
1: Our funny Valentine is very funny indeed. I have a question. Go for it. Like, funny is slang for he's, he's sort of funny. Not like he's gay, but like Dead. That's a slang too. Is it? Yes! Funny is slang for dead. And I don't know. It's (laughs) very old. It's like from the 1920s. It's not something people use today. But like. 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 If you say he looks funny, that means he looks like death. Not. He looks funny as in he looks creepy. Huh. So like. I bet you.
0: I bet you that's how it evolved.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure it like. It evolved in that way, like, it, it funny became kind of queer, became kind of, like, feeling queer in England isn't feeling gay, it's, I feel queer yeah. is, I feel sickly, like, so, but nobody says it like that anymore, but that used to be what you said, if right. you're not feeling well, you feel queer, and so, like, funny and queer got this connotation of being, like, it's why queer used to be a pejorative. mm mm-hmm is because it did have that connotation of being sick, of being ill. So it's like, but funny meant the same way. Like, we say, I feel kind of funny, like when you have a stomach ache. Right. It's the same thing. So our funny valentine is funny. Aww. <laughs> oh.
0: Ah. Etymology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today I learned on wine, or- wine and Murder Night. As one does. We... Cut directly, then, to the next scene. And it's a bunch of shoes walking through an airport as we learn that a new DI has been... Oh, wait. No. We meet Lady and Lord Salcombe we before we meet Richard. Sort of. They just pop up in that, like, oh, like, no, why somebody's I... dead scene.
1: Oh, it would be like, why would I be in the... Because they found Lady Salcombe. And then Lord Salcum, because Lady Salcombe is like, oh my god, is it James?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Lord Salcombe is like, why would I be in the panic room? And Lord Salcombe, is a 5 actor. I i I love you, that's why I cheerio. He is. <laughs> He's my darling, Rupert Graves. My darling. <laughs> Who is who is on the Tom Hardy scale? No, the Sean Bean scale. He's definitely on the Sean Bean scale. He's Beans on again. the Sean Bean scale. <laughs> oh yeah, he's right up there with Sean Bean. Um, <laughs> you know what he's done. I don't think we have to go over it. But um, there we go. He knows
0: what he's done.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I adore Rupert Graves. As I said on Twitter, he's the only reason I was watching Sherlock. No, I was not watching Sherlock for... Martin, whatever the fuck his name is, and Bendy Dick come on my backs, as he used to be called at school. Um, literally. I'm not joking. Uh, but, uh, so, no. I was watching for Rupert fucking Graves. So that.
0: <laughs> well, after we get the oh, it's death scene, we do meet the new D.I. And... The Commissioner, who's one of my favorite characters. And End a five British accent.
1: Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, somehow I I love you, that's why I goodbye. He is. I didn't
0: know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That, that was Darn. a weird, I, that was weird intonation. He, I, that, what? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's going to be a night, Sabrina. That's fine.
1: He's, uh, his name is Dan Warrington. And he's that dude that you're like, it's that dude. Yeah. Uh, he played, uh, he played the president of the United States in a Doctor Who episode, or the president <laughs> of the galaxy or something. And he was in The Five. The Five is a very dark show. Um, it's about, I think he plays a detective inspector in that one as well, um, or something. And mm-hmm. uh, The Five is about a five year old boy who goes missing like 20, for 20 years and then shows up. 20 years okay. later. But then another kid goes missing in that same way. It's a good show, but it's very depressing. It is not at all cozy. So, but he's been in a lot of things like that. He was in Law and Order UK and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, Dan Warrington. I like him.
0: Well, Lily is asking him, like, why even do we have a new detective inspector? And he's like, well, they wanted a British cop for a British cop's murder, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes. And also... Um, Honore Saint Marie is British, technically, because it came back in the 70s. When mm-hmm. they explained the history, it ended up being in British hands. Right. Which, like, Honore Saint Marie's story was the story of every Caribbean island, so I really like that they put that in. Like, Yeah. Like, and for me, like, that was very. The fact that you call it Saint Martin or Saint Martin
2: mm-hmm.
1: or Saint Martin? if you're dutch I, I fucking the fucking dutch and the fucking stupid <laughs> too many vowels language fuck them
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like the funny thing is i speak afrikaans enough that people think can since i'm dark they can okay you're afrikaans that's fine so it's afrikaans is like you know south african dutch mm-hmm. and i speak enough to call a taxi to order stuff to talk about like the the surf because I you know I used to surf a lot so I went to South Africa to surf. So but Afrikaans is the white people's language mm-hmm. in South Africa. So it it automatically became like, oh you speak Afrikaans so and I'm like, well, I learnt it because it sounds close enough to German that I could get away with it. Like my accent's a little off. Mm-hmm. So but Dutch is a fucking joke. Fuck that bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Dutch, and, oh, I went back to Danish on Dueling. I was just about to ask, is it more or less of a joke than Danish? Um, Danish can go
1: jump in hellfire. I fucking hate it. And I'm good at it, but I can't do it. I can't, it sounds, I cringe every time I hear it. And I will tell it to a... But even the Danish don't like the... Like, Marco Ilso is an actor from the Vikings, and his English is rubbish. But he was doing an Ask Me Anything on his Insta story, and somebody was like, I'm trying to learn Danish, do you have any tips? And he said, don't. So (laughs) Danish people are telling you not to speak their language, don't fucking speak their language. Like, what the fuck ever? It is a joke of jokes. I, I only understand it because I speak Swedish so well, but fuck Danish. Fuck it in the ass. And the only reason I'm learning it is because it's easier than Icelandic. And they <laughs> speak Danish in Iceland. And so, like, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll learn your stupid, ridiculous language. I'll speak it better than you because, for fuck's sake, what the fuck is your accent? It is disgusting. It instantly dries my pussy up. I'm just like, they're so many... <laughs> beautiful men in Denmark. And I'm just like, don't speak Danish to me. Speak anything else. And the English is bad, too. So I'm like, let's just... You don't say anything. I will blow you. And we don't talk. How about that? Just keep your mouth busy elsewhere. Yeah. It's gonna be... A, it's gonna, If you talk to me before... If you were trying to hit on me in Danish, well... You're going to have to get me back to wet because that's not happening. Oh, my God. (laughs) The anti-foreplay. Oh, my God. There are some beautiful men in Denmark. Oh, I
0: know. I know.
1: Beautiful men. And women. Beautiful men and women. But Jesus fucking Christ, that language is literally birth control.
0: (laughs) Well, the new detective inspector has some opinions about island life. Uh, and He's so British. But here's the thing. I totally,
1: for like half the show, I was agreeing with him. I was like, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> first and foremost, he has decided that he is going to wear a suit.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if I if I went to a tropical island, I would be smart enough not to wear a suit.
0: Yes. Uh, like, in fact, at half of my notes, I call him new suits. <laughs> because there's, um, back at, when I worked at, in my call center job, um, mm-hmm. we would, you know, we would generally promote from within. And so, like, when I was a manager and we got new coaches, um, there, you know, we'd get one or two every couple months, right, as people got promoted in and out. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the nicknames that stuck to the assistant manager who was assigned to me was new boots. <laughs> and so every time I kept thinking about this guy in his suits, I was like, it's new suits! The two months that
1: I worked in a center were horrific. Oh, it was you know, awful.
0: It was The two awful. months that I
1: worked in, my manager wore dad sneakers, and the laces were, like, tied real tight, and they had, like, huge bunny ears, and he wore his khakis, you know, to his navel with a black belt and a shirt tucked in. And I was like, boy, howdy. <laughs> like, I had just come back from England, and I was like, what
2: the fuck is yeah, like,
1: this? I didn't realize these people actually existed. I thought it was like, just I a joke. It was like, he, he looked like a stereotypical middle manager. Mm-hmm. Like a plaid short sleeve shirt tucked into khakis with a black belt and white sneakers. Mm-hmm. White dad sneakers. And I was like, what the fuck is
0: this? Um, well, the other opinions he has is that he starts asking for, like, IT and forensics and, like, all these resources, and Lily and Dwayne and Fidel just kind of all look at each other and they're like, well, we don't have that, but here are We have some. a
1: computer. Here's our Windows 95 computer.
0: And some pictures from the crime scene. <laughs> and... um." They have managed to identify all of the party guests, except for one. The beautiful woman.
1: The beautiful woman, yes.
0: And, uh, mean So, Lily takes, uh, new suits by the hut, which happens to have been Charlie Hume's old place. Okay,
1: so, I wouldn't want to live on a tropical island. I-, I There was an opportunity for me to go to Vanuatu for the Peace call, and I was- Slightly tempted because my mother and I are obsessed with Vanuatu. Like, we literally, we. So my mother used to have a Nintendo Wii, and on it was like a, a globe weather forecasting, and she would go to all the countries, and one of the countries listed was Vanuatu. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: It takes. So here's how you here's how you get to Vanuatu. You fly to Tahiti. Uh And once a week, you take a flight to some other Fijian island, and then from that Fijian island, you fly to Vanuatu, and you can only fly out of Vanuatu once a week. Once a week. And there are two hotels on Vanuatu. And it's slowly sinking because of climate change. It's slowly being... um,
0: Dude! Okay. So, I'm glad you didn't go. Because I was just watching. I just... So, yesterday, I I actually ended up being, like, staying home sick from work because... Issues. And... Well, guys, it's not her gallbladder. (laughs) It's not my gallbladder. Good news, bad news. Probably won't need surgery, but we don't know what it is. I don't know. I might have to donate a kidney. (laughs) I don't think it's my kidneys. My pee is fine. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) But, uh, I, so I've had a really hard, like, my notes this week are really bad because I have a really hard time concentrating right now. Which is, which is
1: unusual. I don't correct her because I'm better than her. (laughs) I watched this more closely. She just takes better notes than me. And I was like, wait.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, so, yeah. And, like, with, this is a really jumpy episode, so taking notes was hard anyway. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so I ended up, well, binging yesterday. All of season five not all of it, but most of season five of Madame Secretary. And spoilers, which I know you'll never watch it, so I'm not that worried about oh, it. Oh the problem I
1: have with Madame Secretary is the
0: American exceptionalism. Yes, there's and a lot of that. And It bothers
1: it bothers my soul.
0: Yeah, like, the first couple episodes were really bad about it, but then it got a lot better towards the end of the season. I think they I think there was an abrupt change in tone like in the writer's room or something like that because Mm -hmm. the last couple episodes are all about climate change and how america needs to make reparations for climate change i mean i'm but i think i'm in season four i'm not even i've watched a lot of it it's no 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 i'm in season five specifically oh yeah
1: so um so i think it was just that so it's not that i don't like it it's just that every once in a while i'm just like
0: (sighs) yeah yeah well so uh again the last half of season five is all about climate change right Mm-hmm. And, in fact, like, the major fictional disaster is that Neu sinks into the ocean because of a couple of tropical storms hitting over yeah. and over. Yeah. Climate change caused sto- storms, right? Yeah. Anyway, glad you didn't go to Vanuatu. Well, so now, that's now on the my question mind. is,
1: are you going to come visit me in North Macedonia? It is right next door to Greece.
0: I would fucking... you, Girl, you know I love to travel. I would absolutely go to Greece and Macedonia. I've never been... I want to go to every place I've never been. All right. So you're
1: going to come and we're going to go to Greece. Yes. yes. We'll make that. We'll make it a plan. Now that it's been recorded, we have to do it. Because Mm -hmm. then it'll be really disappointing.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to move on. So... um, Oh,
1: I absolutely adore Lily. I know... Obviously, I've seen this episode like four times now. So obviously, I know. But like...
0: I really liked her, I, too. Yeah, she's good actress. I feel like,
1: if I can, not spoiler, I feel like they brought her on planning to make her the DS for the whole thing. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know if something happened, like backstage if there was drama or, something or her
0: she had another job and couldn't do the shootings get her or maybe she didn't pull well because this was clearly a pilot episode i mean it feels like a pilot episode yeah of course it's a pilot episode because it's actually called death in paradise yeah so in <laughs> like, on netflix it was called death in paradise and then when i looked it up on imdb it was called arrival in paradise and i thought i just must have written it down wrong
1: no so um the pilot episode just got another title later Oh, uh, so okay. they picked it up. So the BBC doesn't like to just call their things pilot. Hey, so once it,
0: You know you could do that, once, right?
1: Once it gets picked up, they go back and change the title. Uh. I love the beep.
0: Yeah. So
1: I liked Lily as a DS, but obviously something didn't, Something happened. Where they, that's what I feel like happened. And I. that's my theory. Mm-hmm. That they had to change because everything was set up for... Hume to be not just a victim, but the actual perpetrator of all the shit that happened later. I feel like they kind of shoehorned this in because they needed an explanation.
0: I don't know about that, but I definitely no. i like, explain. I'll okay, explain we'll get there. How we'll get there. How it, how it
1: didn't have to be Lily? Let
0: okay. You uh, well, they um. Well, Lily and New suits end up taking off for the house where the murder happened so that he can go interview um, a couple of the people involved. So first and foremost, he interviews Lawrence, who's kind of the... The butler. But, yes, I was like trying to think of the male version of the housekeeper. <laughs> the butler. The
1: butler. <laughs> um, and I actually... Mm-hmm. would i have i have been around housekeepers my entire life but like i the only reason i want to be a dude is to have a butler like Jeeves and Wooster
0: you want like, a, man, a man a valet yeah i want a valet you i want don't like a want,
1: traditional valet i don't want a ladies i mean i guess i could just get a ladies maid
0: it doesn't <laughs> you could you know what if you got a if you got a valet but it was a woman then she'd get to wear hot suits
1: I suppose, but I'm not, I'm, see, I'm not lesbian enough. I'm squarely bisexual, so, You don't
0: need like, to, you don't need to wear the hot suits. She can wear the hot suits.
1: I guess, and, like, attract women to me? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I'm not... I mean, I
0: have on. seeing no issues with this plan.
1: True. I guess that she could just sleep with all the women she attracts. I'm, because I'm like... And possibly some dudes.
0: She can she sleep attracts. with whoever she wants, as long as she wears yeah. the hot suits, right? Like So apparently
1: I need a like pansexual ladies
0: maid. Fine. <laughs> That's
1: fine. Just call but her no. a
0: valet and I'm sure you somebody'll apply.
1: Yeah, so I've always I have literally when like Jeeves and Wooster are like, Oh my god, this is like I don't want to be as dumb as uh, <laughs> Are you like, sure? Like I'm not as, dumb really? as no, You don't want that. No, I don't want to be as dumb as Bertie, that's fine. But, like, that relationship is like, I want that relationship. And I'm sad that you have to, like, I know I would have to pay for that relationship, but, um, I want, that's what I want in my life. I want someone who is incredibly loyal to me and is constantly there. But we don't have to sleep together or really live together or anything. I want a constant companion, just not a relationship. It's not too much to ask. I guess I have to be a billionaire. And I hate billionaires, so never mind. Yeah.
0: Never
1: mind. This whole thing. Or, like
0: you know, like, in some sort of weird magical pact. And it's not that I'm asexual. I just don't want to sleep with my valet. Like. You don't know. She might look real good in those suits. Well, we also learn... That Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that they found Hume with a book, which is just Tours of Europe, yes, and a broken vase in the room, and mm-hmm. he was shot by a twenty two kind of up through the throat and through the skull, yes. but like at an upward angle. Yes. Um, we which could
1: still be suicide
0: could definitely still be suicide, um, which is what they discuss. New New suit and Lily then interview James Lavender and he, his alibi is not really a good alibi. He says at first he was on the beach with a quote unquote friend, but he was seen by his wife and they had a big row and she spilled wine on his dress or her dress. And, um, he, then went back down to the beach after the fight and hid when he heard the gunshot and alarm. Yes. Um, He also claims that he had no idea who D.I. Hume was and says... That that he
1: didn't invite them.
0: He did invite him and says that only his wife and he knew the combination to the safe that was opened. Boop, boop, boop. Where are you at? And then they interviewed Lady Soul. Okay, so I have a question for you. I have an answer about Lady Sulcum's funny-ass accent. (laughs) Well, that wasn't my question, but I also (laughs) noticed that. I wasn't going to bring it up because I was like, you know what? Sometimes I do bad accents. Um, (laughs) Why, and I should know this. I feel bad for not knowing this for as much Regency romance as I read. Why is she Lady Sulcum, but her last name is Lavender? Like,
1: where does... Because they're uh, James and Lily... Uh, James and Lily... Lily Lavender? Sarah. Sarah. James and Sarah Lavender of the Salcum County or Salcum Estate or Salcum whatever the fuck. So Salcum is the name of whatever land that the ancestors owned and passed down. The title is Inherited.
0: Mm-hmm. So Well, I knew that. I just didn't understand why there was a different name.
1: Prince William, when he graduated university, was named William de Garve. And that's the actual last name of the royal family. Oh. But, yeah, so there you go. Um So you have an actual last name, but you inherit these titles. And the titles all the names of the counties and the lands and the castles that your ancestors
0: owned and they basically preempt your real name usually uh nathan
1: uh did have a title uh, so but he he hated it so mm-hmm. he never used it and i i remember what it was but
0: uh, you don't have to say yeah <laughs> no,
1: no i will not say <laughs> A, to protect his privacy, and B, because he's dead. (laughs) So, but he did have a title and he hated it, so he was always just Nathan. But yes, you'll- no, you would, uh, you would introduce yourself as Lord Salcombe James Lavender. Okay. Esquire.
0: Now, why is her accent so crazy? (laughs) Because she is German. Oh! And she- Also speaks French. See, I was going to go if she was an American trying to do a bad British accent. No. Because that's what it caught to me. Like, it caught that way a little bit to me.
1: So, funny story, the royal family is actually German. I did know that. So, so, but she's actually a German actress. But I don't know. I don't know if she's German or if she's French. But she speaks French and German. Mm -hmm. So, she's not English. And she's not American. So um, yeah, that's that's where her accent came from. Um, I actually didn't know would that bet she learned
0: English from Americans rather than Brits. She Probably. sounded very American when she was speaking English in a lot of know. parts, and then she, it felt like she was putting on an accent. I would so, almost guarantee she went to university in like America. So
1: here's the generational gap between my mother learning German. Oh, my mother learning English in Germany, and me learning English in Germany. Mm -hmm. The people that taught my mother German were British. Oh, English, I'm sorry. The people who taught my mother English were English, were British. Mm -hmm. The people that taught me English, well, other than the fact that I have this accent, I did (laughs) live in England full time, were American. So... Mm -hmm. Because um, I went to a DOD school for a time, mm-hmm. my father's American, so um, so I have a weird accent as well, but like the generational gap is people of a certain age will have been taught by English people
2: mm-hmm.
1: versus younger generations will have been taught by Americans, and she's young enough to have been taught by Americans. Uh, I'm thinking yeah, I fall, bet. fall, fall of Berlin Wall was when there was more Americans right. teaching English than British people teaching English in Germany. Like, in China, it's half and half. Like, obviously you have Hong Kong who used to belong to Great Britain until 97. You know, mm-hmm. but it's really odd. Um, Chinese people, Will ask for American accents to come and be teachers in China. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting what has happened to the British accent. And nothing bad has happened to the British accent. They're just loony- losing colonial power, which is only good. Uh-huh. So it's one of those. It's just one of well,
0: those. Well, British accents still have that societal cachet. So they're fine. I hate. The societal... I know I talked about this in the last episode.
1: I hate it. (laughs) Like, literally, when I was interviewing for the Peace Corps, I was like, I'm worried, you know, people won't believe I'm American. I am. Uh Uh, And she goes, actually, you'll fit in better because people will just think you're an English expat. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) That's not what I meant. Not what I meant. (laughs) This whole death in paradise is like, All of these, like, Dwayne, Fidel, Dwayne, Fidel, and Lily. Lily has a more French accent. Yeah. But Dwayne and Fidel have an island accent, which is patois, which is, you know, what a British person would say is a corruption of English. And I would say it's just, the language is illogical, and the only reason we use language In all region, in all societies, is to get explanations done. And the reason patois and dialects occur is because you don't need the language of your colonizers. You need language to explain what's happening in your daily life.
0: Language is meant to evolve, and English language is one of the best at it. It really is very good.
1: I... Love, I love language in general, Mm -hmm. and speaking many languages actually helps me understand what's important in a society and what's not. Mm -hmm. And that's why you should always get culture education with your language education. But, like, I was watching a documentary about surfers in Sierra Leone, in Liberia. I surfed in Senegal so I know the West African surf culture. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's Senegal is uh is in the ISA the International Surfers Association. Liberia is as well. Sierra Leone is trying to get into into, into the International Surfers Association. And I was watching this episode and I they spoke English sometimes but then they spoke patois mm-hmm. and like it was so interesting how the patois was so so like the african-american vernacular um, Uh aabe african-american vernacular english and i was like this is this is interesting it was almost like it was generational Um, And so it was really weird, like, living in, like, going to Senegal, I spoke French, so it wasn't a problem, but I I didn't speak the Patois at all. Uh There's a French Patois, and there's all the Senegalese uh, languages that I don't speak, but I was like, fuck it, I speak French. I'm sorry, I know this is a colonial language, bear with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, As a a black person, you're always very disconnected from African culture, because we were taken so far not long, we were taken long ago Mm -hmm. and we were disconnected from, but I don't know how our ancestors retained so much and passed down so much, but we've forgotten that, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the saying it's above me now, that famous meme, actually, I was watching that surfing documentary in Sierra Leone and they said the exact same thing.
0: Oh, could they have gotten so, it from the meme also?
1: I mean, no, this was this documentary was in like 2006 or something. Oh, wow! So it is no, it is it is African, cool. Like,
0: that, I mean, th- I that makes that a say, lot of sense to me because obviously a lot of AAV has roots in these other cultures, right? That yeah. come from Africa that, you know, adapted to American English. So, so
1: yeah, it's really, like for me, it really does, It makes
0: sense that the, that the evolution of, of African English or African patois would be in a similar vein if they're trying to, because they have the same roots. My,
1: I'm going to admit an ignorance. I was in Senegal and I was hanging out. Black people surf. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I, I wrote a note about it and we'll talk about it when we get to that scene. But black people surf because they're West African.
0: Right. They're on the coast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, and they're on the coast. So, um, it's like in South Africa, only white South Africans surf. But on West Africa, it's, it's... you know, majority black, so they stuff. Mm-hmm. And um that was something funny in the documentary. They got a pamphlet from the ISA and it was like a book and it was like full of white people, and they're like, We need more black people in this book. And I was like, Yes. yes you do. <laughs> so I was I was in I was in Senegal and I was chilling and we were having lunch and this guy came by and he had boiled peanuts. And boiled peanuts, for those who don't know, are green raw peanuts that have been boiled in salt water and pressurized and they're delicious and i go oh my god so i ordered some boiled peanuts from this guy he was like a um a street food vendor and i said so i order and i'm eating them and we're getting we're into talking about and i was like oh my god this is such a thing in georgia where i'm from and i was like i wonder how georgia got it and the whole table went silent and stared at me for five seconds like the whole table <laughs> was just like fucking sabrina and i go oh my fucking god (laughs) slavery please (laughs) i'm sitting here eating these peanuts like they're going out of style. oh man
0: one thing that happens after they do these interviews is that Detective Inspector Poole, new suits, decides that he wants to examine the body and all of that stuff, and Lily has to explain to him that they are a very small island and that the body and oh, the evidence
1: Oh, she they're in Guadalupe. And he goes, well, we can have lunch before we go. And she goes, it's a completely separate island.
0: No. No, sir. We cannot.
1: <laughs> that's, that's
0: not how this works.
1: And he's like, well, get the, the vase and the something, the, something. Book. The, the book the book
0: the book yeah uh back at his hut the beautiful woman is going through hume's stuff but detective pool uh walks in and confronts her and she lies and we as viewer know she's lying um yeah. and says she's the humes is cleaner and he tells her that he's dead and she starts sobbing and he basically just like waves her off and lets her go and that night, while he's washing his hands, New Suits, like, dries them on the towel and then picks it up and sniffs it suspiciously. Yes. The next Have we met day. the lizard yet? I feel like we met this we met is the when we meet the lizard, okay. I think. We meet the lizard now-ish. I did not when write a note because it wasn't important to the Oh, mystery. he's
1: like, he's sweeping up. I, lo- I don't care. I love the lizard. The only thing that's weird is that that lizard is like eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be, it's going to be devastating when it dies.
0: <laughs> At some point, the lizard will have to die. Yeah. Pour one out for lizard. Yeah. pour a little liquor for your home. Or not. Like, all lizards look the same. <laughs> it's like Pretty sure lizards... it's a CGI lizard at that, so maybe it is eternal. Yeah.
1: Actually, lizards live a long time if you don't, like, hurt them. They live, like, 20 years, so... What? Actually, yeah. yeah. Geckos? Well, I don't know if geckos do, but all the other, the bigger lizards do.
0: Yeah, the big lizards. How long... I'm gonna Google this. How long <laughs> yeah. can a gecko live? Huh! Common leopard gecko. 15 years. Oh, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, totes!
1: It's, it's getting a little elderly, but... About <laughs> well, halfway through. It's having a midlife thing.
0: I feel like a gecko lizard's about right down, though, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... Though they did replace him with a new British dude, so well maybe... he he went from he went from posh to Cockney, Mm-hmm. or did he go from Cockney to posh? No, uh, you were right the first time. No, we recognize that gecko. We're not dumb. The you totally attempted... attempted to play like a fucking gecko switch on us.
1: Yeah, the guy a guy who and gecko first appeared in 1999. <sighs> During the Screen Actors Guild strike that prevented the use of live actors, so he's a scab. Fuck the guy, <gasps> Gecko.
0: Fuck that scab, Gecko. Yep. Scab lizard.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the next day at uh, the police station, the book and the vase arrive, and. Um, and New Suits asks if they can find a 22, and Dwayne's like, well, I can, but don't ask me how. And- I know <laughs> This
1: is where I was like, all right, Dwayne, you do you. Oh! This is all mutual aid, my friends. <laughs> mutual aid is an anarchist communist idea. In
2: recognizing a communist, physical appearance counts for nothing.
1: That you help people in need. No shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, so today, my mother is house sitting for a neighbor down the street. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, feeding her his dogs and, like, making sure that nobody's breaking into the house and collecting his mail and stuff. And a woman drives up to her house today. And it was, like, her neighbor, who I'm going to call Jared, his name is not Jared. Jared asked, if you could put something in your, my mother has this huge like walk-in freezer, mm-hmm. and could you put something in your freezer? And she goes, yeah, sure. And my, and this woman, who my mother does not know, just knows that she knows Jared, hands her a box of Jimmy Dean turkey sausage. Um, eight in the package, eight in the box, so sixty-four patties. Okay, she hands her a box that needs to be put in the freezer, and then she pulls out another box, and she's like. You look like you like turkey sausage. And my mother is <laughs> and my well, mother a goes, backhanded
0: compliment if I've ever heard of one.
1: No, and because my mother is wider than white. Wider than she, is. she got Ray. We we both got very sunburned at the lake a couple of days ago. But, um, so she hands her another box. This woman, she tells her story that she's a truck driver body blah blah, blah blah and that, you know, stuff falls off the back of the it truck. It fell
0: off the back of the Yeah, yeah, quote unquote. So
1: so Jared does this for my mom and launch. He'll bring her stuff all the time. That's like, you know, off the back of the truck, whatever, whatever. But then my mother she was telling me this story, and then she tells me the story, when, okay, so my my father was the youngest of four. Mm-hmm. So and his three oldest siblings were all women. And his second oldest aunt. His second oldest sister, my aunt Jacqueline, lived in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. She married a man named George. I don't mind telling you their names because they're both no longer with us.
0: Um, I would just like so to George- note that my boss called Pennsylvania the Midwest today and I about flipped out on it <laughs> Northeast, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, still it's, the Northeast. Whatever. And yeah. so, So they lived in Philadelphia and my Uncle George was a labor union. He was the head of a labor union of the GE. So he was an electrician. So, mm-hmm. And he was the head of a labor union. So uh, if you think that I'm just newly communist, no, <laughs> no. No, it's been in my family for a while. My mother dated a Black Panther. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, I've been I've been all about that communism since I was born. Anyway, so one, my 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 father and my mother went up to uh, Philadelphia to visit his sister, and all, oh, and it was right before Christmas. And for some reason, George had come onto a shitload of turkeys. Just, and he had this old Cadillac, like you know, one of those boats, yeah. and it was filled. My mother said that she had four or five turkeys in the footwell of the passenger seat, and she had turkeys in her lap. <laughs> And they drove into the sketchiest sections of Philadelphia, so much so that Uncle George had a piece, like, on his hip. Uh-huh. So he's the leader of the uh, electricity union in Philadelphia, and they have these turkeys that he doesn't say where they come from. And they just go to literally the poorest houses in Philadelphia, where babies in the dead of winter aren't in anything but a diaper. Mm-hmm. And hand out these turkeys for Christmas. And my mother was like, I didn't ask. It wasn't my business. Uh, George just wanted the company. I said, sure, but he said, stay in the car. <laughs> they don't see white people a lot in these places. <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt. This must have been the very late 70s or the very early 80s. I don't, she does what it says. But here's what it is. This is mutual aid. This is looking out for your fellow people and fucking the corporations. Because they're billionaires, they're trillionaires. They don't need 64 turkey sausages. They're not going to miss them. And they're not going to know. So this is mutual aid, friends. If you come upon some things that you don't know the origin of, don't ask. And make sure that somebody who needs it gets it. Yeah. Like, that's all. That's all mutual aid. Is. And, uh... Yeah, so Dwayne
0: knows all about. <laughs> he does. He does. He's a bit of a wheeler dealer as well, but we don't see too much of that in this episode yet. This is such an introductory episode. Like we're getting little snippets of who everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, so once the order for the twenty two has been placed, um, Lily and new suits head out, and they head back down to the Lavenders, who I. Uh, Appropriately abbreviated as the laughs, um <laughs> to confront uh, Sarah because she has been lying. It was her perfume he smelled on Charlie Hume's towels. And they can push and push and push. And eventually she screams, I didn't kill him. I loved him. I loved Which, him. Lady, that's not a fucking defense. Number I don't one. But that's what she says. So <laughs> we, we learn that they were having an affair. And we also learn through her that Hume was investigating James Lavender. Mm-hmm. My other favorite little Dwayne snippet is that while they're there, Lawrence comes up to Fidel and Dwayne in the like cabana where they're just kind of cooling off. And he's <laughs> like, hey, who do you think is the prime suspect? We have a pool on who murdered <laughs> Yeah basically. Dwayne's like, well, we're thinking about fitting up one of the
1: servants. (laughs) So, but this is, this, so we chose, one of the reasons we made the poll was every every show in the poll had majority POC characters. People of color. Yeah. Characters who were people of color. And right here, this is kind of the solidarity amongst the working class, but also solidarity. It was definitely white versus black. Uh Uh-huh. Like, and sometimes... The reason, the only reason I don't like Death in Paradise is because there is a white man who's the head and who knows everything.
0: Right. Like, that's the one reason. Reason and, number one. And it's it's way. so crazy that, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the show, I mean, seven seasons are on Netflix until what we said, what was it, August 1st? Mm-hmm. Um, seven seasons are on Netflix right now, and... They've gone through three DIs and they've all been white British dudes. Men, yeah. And so that's and so it's that's, crazy because the show is still ongoing and it's like, well, obviously, I mean, you you might have started. Fuck, when is this one from? I've got IMDb up here. Uh, so this episode aired in August uh, or October of 2011. Yeah. And like we have been through I feel like a little bit of representational reckoning since then in the 8 years since. The show is mm-hmm. still on the air and yet it's one of the best POC casts except then <laughs> they keep p- giving the
1: lead to a white dude. They do keep giving it. And that's literally the only reason I don't like this show. Oh, that's the only reason to be that the that show is problematic. I love that most of the victims are white
0: yes, people. Yes, they are. Like, <laughs> they like, definitely illustrate the class issues a lot and, mm-hmm. like, make the rich people the problem.
1: Yeah, and so
0: I actually appreciate that. Well, to get back to this particular locked room mystery... DI uh, D. Newsuits Suits uses the .22 that Dwayne has brought to test the loudness of the shots and they learn that the .22 would not have been heard from out by the cabana um, and so it must have been a louder gun yeah. and Rupert Graves says that oh well my wife has a louder gun and everybody's just like what the fuck guy
2: um <laughs>
0: But uh, Lady Lav goes, oh, yeah, my dad has a service revolver. And (gasps) it's missing. Back outside, uh, new suits.
1: The thirty-eight service revolver is a Smith & Wesson Model 10. (laughs) It's still in use today.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, it's been in use since 1899. Damn, that's mm. some longevity. I feel like Nathan had one, too. I think it's like, I mean, she clearly was playing a British person, yeah. you know, regardless of yeah. the strange accent. So it clearly, she was, I think she was talking about like her dad's old war, like yeah. Korea or Vietnam. Well, I guess they weren't in Vietnam, but Korea service revolver. But New Suits doesn't like Sarah for the murder, but Lily makes a pretty compelling case about her. And...
1: <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was reading about the 38. It was used <laughs> during The Troubles.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh Back at the hut, he New suits is starting on a good little rant about the time, which, as anybody who listens to this show knows, should give you a clue. Um, but Lily kind of is like, come on, let's stop thinking about work, let's... And asks him about what he likes about London, and this was really the most relatable moment for me with him in this. Episode, it's what I like is, about
1: London. Uh,
0: when he was talking about how much he loves like sipping a beer in his local by the fire and being cold, but snugly. he mentions
1: he mentions the Whitehall, and there are six in London. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good, good
0: job. And then we kind of get like some awkward like lovey-dovey music with a really loud clarinet. Yeah. And, Oops. yeah. Are you
1: hitting on each other? With yeah. no. Um, Although, you know, Lily was probably trying.
0: Yeah, and I think I think this was a really excellent red herring, I think. Yes. Go, you know, get into it a little bit, but. But, also, if she had stayed DS,
1: this would have been the beginning yep. of the, you know, uh, what is that when you don't, that, that, uh, that's. UST there, Unresolved Sexual tension. Yes. So this would have been this thought, and this is why I can explain why Lily didn't do it at the end, and how she, they could have written it in a different way.
0: Same. Well, that evening, uh, New Suits assembles the vase and studies the book. And the next morning, when he goes to shower, he finds a key hidden in the shower head. And we learn that it is a key to a safe deposit box. And he and Lily go open the safe deposit box at the bank. And they find cash and forged passports, as well as a picture of James Lab's boat. Lily is like, it has to be human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, Lily is off getting a warrant. So Dwayne gives new suits a lift. In his (laughs) sidecar. Which I love. This was very good fun. And uh, finally, they head out to the, they get to the yacht, or they get to the dock, and then they go, Lily shows up with the warrant, and they search Jail's boat to find evidence of people smuggling. But who should appear but the mysterious and beautiful woman in a bikini. Ooh. Um, And then we get a really low speed water chase. (laughs) So here's a really interesting thing.
1: Both Dwayne, it's Dwayne, right? And Lily dive into the water to swim after this woman. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this note, black folks not knowing how to swim is a purely American thing. Um,
0: Uh, It's not purely American, but it is an American, like it's, it's, because there um, are definitely a lot of, there are definitely I mean, people who don't know that, like, Africans black people who don't. Africans on the coast. No, on, yeah, on the coast, <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, like,
1: but, uh, like, obviously in, it, in Central
0: Africa and other no. places that don't have a large body of water nearby. And, in fact, even in places where it's a lot of, like, rivers, where like, or crocodile-infested places. Yeah,
1: those obviously make a lot of sense. But, yeah. obviously, but the stereotype of right. black people don't swim. Is kind of an American thing Like even mm-hmm. if you live in the Central African Republic You know people who swim yeah. <laughs> If you're like okay And the reason why black Americans Don't usually know how to swim Is because their generation It's generational My father can can tread water Because he had to for the military uh-huh. But he doesn't really like swimming And but During He was born in 1955 uh, Jim Crow <laughs> was still going on. And segregated pools. And segregated pools. Pools were generally in upper-class neighborhoods and things like that. When they desegregated pools, it was even worse than desegregating schools. I remember a story of a woman who went swimming in 1963. My mother would have only been 13 in 1963, so and my dad was five years younger. So, Mm -hmm. like, like, uh okay. So imagine an 8-year-old hearing the story of being, of having acid poured on you while you're swimming. This yeah. is what happened to this woman. So black people in America don't really have good like also our hair is really fucking expensive and if you push us into the pool we're going to kill you. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> I have never considered that aspect, but yes, that is very true. It's not
1: that I can't swim. It's, (laughs) I don't want to get my hair wet, but that's another thing. And so for me, when I came to America and I talked about how much I love swimming and that I could surf and like that everyone was like, what? And I was like, In in Germany, you can't go to kindergarten without proving that you can swim. So it's, it wasn't, you know. It, swimming and being around water has always been a part of my life so I didn't realize the stereotype but then I learnt while it was a stereotype and I got real pissed off
0: <laughs> well they bring her in because they do manage to catch her because in the tortoise in the hare tortoise in the hair, kind of manner uh, D.I. Pool gets extremely condescendingly in a boat fuck yeah. you yeah that was like um, okay fine and catches her, and they bring her in, and they, she doesn't want to talk, and she asks if it's a formal interview, and he's like, no, it's not a formal interview. But she's sitting in a fucking cell with a goddamn goat. You, like, at that point, it might be, should be a formal interview, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but she asks for a phone call, and they give it yes. to her. Meanwhile, New Suit and Lily decide to go talk to uh, James Lavender again to confront him about the human trafficking. But he's dead. Mm. With a
1: 22. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it looks like suicide. Yep.
1: It's
0: never suicide.
1: It's never suicide. It's never lupus, and it's never suicide.
0: (laughs) And they assume what happened was that the beautiful woman used her phone call to tip him off, and he killed himself so that he wouldn't get uh, arrested. Yes. So they rush back to the police station. Yes. <laughs> and the commissioner is there and he's like, oh my God, there's been a jailbreak. We have to alert the authorities, report authorities and get an APB out or whatever the samurai version of that is. Oh, he was
1: like, we have to call
0: Interpol. <laughs> yeah. And the commissioner is like, allow me to introduce to you.
1: Detective Sergeant. Camille
0: Bourdais
1: Bourdais Who is a five French actor Non je ne regrette rien She's definitely French
0: But she was in Father of Brown Sarah Martin Sarah Martin oh, She was in Father Brown? What season?
1: Shoot in the in an episode in 2018 So late Oh
0: so clearly in one I would not have seen yet <gasps> I mean, she's a French actress, yes. but she was born in Portugal.
1: Nice. Yes, she was. Uh, she, what I know her from is from Paris Um, which is one of my favorite films. It's a series of, um, like, shorts that all are about Paris and its various, like, neighborhoods. And just, it's about life in Paris. And she's in one of the shorts. But it's you a know long what.
0: Movie. I have a girlfriend who's moving to a suburb of Paris, so she'll Mm -hmm. be in Paris. Um, But maybe I could go visit her, and then come down to Greece and visit you. Sure. Mm. Another big European tour. Yes,
1: she is, uh, the Father Brown episode is called The Deaths, The Two Deaths of Hercule Flambeau, and she plays, I want to say, his wife.
0: I know who Flambeau is now. Yes. I've been watching so much, Father Brown. It's season six episode. Actually, you m- I have
1: seen... That. I'm still in season five. I'm oh, still in season okay. five. Okay. So actually, she plays one of his wives. One this. of
0: his wives.
1: Or like his... Like, he has a girlfriend in here as well, I think. So I think it's like... I think it's that.
0: But That's yeah, such a French plays, thing. She plays his wife. The French are the best. Like, the French are, like, invented area codes. I've got holes. I've got holes. In different area codes.
2: Area. Area codes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, so I did my study abroad in Paris. Mm. And, uh, I was living in a dorm for a cooking school. Mm. And, um, uh, my, uh, roommate, didn't speak any English, actually. She spoke zero English. She was studying to be a chocolatier. It was, it was really great practice for me, because not only did she not speak any English, she also had a TV. So I got to, like, watch a lot of French TV, which helps.
2: Yes, it does.
0: But she definitely had a boyfriend back in, I keep wanting to say Dijon, but I know it wasn't Dijon. That was just my French teacher at the time. Um, but, you know, like, not Paris. She had a boyfriend back in the rural place she was from. And then like every once in a while there would be like her Paris boyfriend would come to visit. And like ah. I got like sexiled once because her French like her Dijon boyfriend had come to visit. <laughs> it's like she it, is when God. I was living in Nancy, I got sexiled. So <laughs> <laughs> I have done the sexiling. I'm not like I'm not going to judge you for sexiling somebody. No. I'm just saying I was I was very impressed by her area codes. Well, the reason that D.S. Camila is there is because she has been working undercover for two years to try and uh, break James Lavender's human trafficking ring. And they believe there is a corrupt cop involved. Hmm. Well, they go back to Lavender With a
1: completed vase, And while they're walking, he's talking about how he just wants to be called. And I'm like... And I'm like, yes, Richard. This is, I, I was like, I am so Richard when it comes to the heat.
0: I also am very this way. Um, I, again, very, very identified with that aspect of and him. I was like,
1: yes, Richard. Yeah. Not
0: any of his other anal retentive en- tendencies, but that aspect. This is why I could live in Scotland, but not <laughs> England.
1: English people are strange, I have to say. They're so
0: weird. They're so weird. Well, they have the completed vase, and we learn that the vase broke because it was shot. And they use his laser tape measure to find the bullet that was shot. And Dwayne shows up with a metal detector, and they find out it was not a twenty two, It was a thirty eight from the revolver. So while they're doing this, New Suits gets a call. His luggage never actually made it onto the plane. Ah, mm. and he has his aha moment. Oh. I I really actually very much appreciated that both Fidel and Dwayne thought he was having heat stroke during his aha moment. <laughs> they were like, we need to get him out of his suit, basically. <laughs> yeah, loosen your tie, <laughs> sir. Loosen your tie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but from there we go into the deconstruction of the case. So, James discovered Charlie with the book because he is, Charlie is the one who opened the safe, Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: because he was bad at firearms, instead of shooting Charlie like he intended, he shot the vase Mm
2: -hmm. and Charlie
0: locked himself in the panic room. And this is where we learn it was Lily after all. Charlie was alive in the panic room the whole time until she showed up, opened the door, and shot him, which no one could have heard with the 22. Mm-hmm. Lily is the one who planted the key in the shower, and she also killed James Lavender with that same 22 before she showed up at his boat with the warrant. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, New Suits grabs James Lavender's phone and proves that he called Lily the night of Hume's murder.
1: With the, I shot the sheriff ringtone.
0: (laughs) I didn't even recognize that. That's very good. No, I didn't
1: recognize it. The uh, the subtitles told me.
0: Oh, that's very good. Um, He also reveals that the travel guide that Hume had was not the book that was originally clutched in his hand. It was swapped. Because everything
1: about this crime is not what it has seemed.
0: And the correct book was hidden in plain sight. And I bet I could find it in one. (laughs) And he asked Lily why she did it, and turns out she'd been passed over for a promotion by a bunch of fucking white dudes. Yes. And she decided to take the money and run. Yeah. Basically. Ja- I mean, human trafficking, not I can't not really great. support that the same way <laughs> I I'd was be like, like alright, you deal in drugs, sure, whatever. Yeah. Human trafficking can't mm, Yeah.
1: Can't really do this that. This is yeah, this is why this is human tra it had to be human trafficking because people feel types of ways about drug smuggling. Mm-hmm. So, like, but human trafficking is absolutely, no it's an absolute no.
0: But, uh, our button on the episode is back at the station. He, uh, New Suits is rolling up to say his goodbyes to everyone. And we learn that he's been permanently assigned to Samory, mm-hmm. and that Camille is his new DS because his old one got arrested by him and they can't work together. Oh no! Are they going to fall in love? I don't know. I mean, Uh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, Sabrina, did you like this episode? Yeah.
1: Yes. It was a very good introduction into into the feel of the show.
0: Yes. It was, I think, an interesting murder, which Mm -hmm. I appreciated. And in a pilot, I think is a little bit hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, It was... You had to show how
1: all these D.I.s work. Because all these D.I.s get their aha moments from something that's completely, like, immaterial to what the case is about. Right. Richard's aha moment was, huh, the luggage never showed up. Mm -hmm. so and this is so this was a good way
0: to show his thought process Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean it definitely had the signs of a pilot it was extremely pc we Mm -hmm. only got a little bit like a taste of everybody we didn't get like too much Dwayne, like too much Dwayne. we got barely no camille yeah um but it was light, it was fun, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. The music was very upbeat. Right. It was super cozy. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: It put you into it immediately.
0: Yes. Yes. It, g- it gave you... It, you knew what you're getting into after this episode. Yeah.
1: And here... Oh, wait. Yes, I, I did... Actually, I did not figure it out because I had
0: put it in a whole nother way. So... <laughs> So the rare episode where Sabrina has not figured it out. Yeah. So the reason why James Lavender
1: could have killed Hume and then killed himself, he used the thirty-eight revolver to push the time of death, because it was all about the time of death. People heard the revolver and assumed somebody, and so they just assumed Hume got shot right then. Lavender shot the vase to distract everyone pushed Hume as he pushed Hume into the the lock um grabbed the book like he had the time to do it. so he used Hume's 22 revolver to shoot him because he had
0: see I was on
1: the same track for a while so so, I couldn't so and then he's like oh shit he has the he has the human trafficking books I mean he shuts it Goes down, pretends to be, you know, all. And so this is why I thought Camille was kind of shoved in because Mm -hmm. James could have done it.
0: Yeah, I so I was coming at it from a similar place. Um, I had assumed that he shot the dude, threw him into the panic room and then went downstairs and fired upward ah. at the vase. And shattered the vase then. Ah. So, like, he was dead before the panic room door was shut.
1: Yes, I see. I just... We just went about it, like, we just... I just... He shot the vase to distract everyone and then shot him later. The the yeah. 38 was to distract from the time.
0: I think so- this is only my second time watching this episode. Um, I think I've only seen the series once through. But... I did remember that Lily was the one who did it in the end, so I can't tell you whether or not I figured it out the first time, but I'm gonna bet no. Because I also I bit hard on them like, oh fuck, they're gonna shoehorn a romance in between Lily and Yeah and and new suits. Yeah. Did you like
1: your wine? Yes. It smelled sweet. When I opened it, I was like, Holy shit, this smells sweet. But it wasn't. It was very smooth and very um light. And very mm-hmm. it was a very white wine like <laughs> Like it so it was it was sharp and light and but it smelled very peachy and very sweet. And they did say it had very heavy, fruity, peachy hints. And but I thought that would go through the, the taste, but it tasted like a Sauvignon rock. So that was good.
0: Great. Right. That's always nice. This wine smells like alcohol. <laughs> but tastes very good good um i think it, this is one that i definitely uh, i opened it bef- like a, at least i think 15 minutes or so before we started recording and then mm. sabrina spoiler we got recording a little bit late because sabrina had a phone call from her mom who was asking her about advice to play animal crossing pocket camp yep which, Sabrina's mom and I are good friends on Animal Crossing pop- <laughs> ca- Pocket Camp. So, like, that's not a judgment, but she did call for advice on Animal Crossing <laughs> Pocket Camp. And she called her daughter. <laughs> but, yeah. Who so, also like, plays did... Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Yeah, so. yeah we, we totally do. We Hit us up for our friend codes. Yes. <laughs> In case you're uh Trying to get the Hello Kitty shit. Not right. <laughs> um, but, I know, right? But... This is probably a topic for another episode, but goddamn, Animal Crossing Fog Camp is such a capitalistic yeah. paradise.
1: It's <laughs> anyway, actually so the game it itself is a, a capitalist but the 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 idea is actually quite anarchist. It's all about mutual aid. You'll give okay. me, yeah, so the That's fair the That's universe true. of Animal Crossing is anarchist. The game is a capitalist hellscape. <laughs>
0: Anyway, and so I'm really glad I gave this time to breathe, um, because it's quite tasty, and I'm not, so we don't know what's wrong with me, but it's not my gallbladder, and it's clearly not, like, the shit that I've been on my diet for, except it is a little bit, like, I can tell, like, when I eat certain things, it's bad, but, like, also, it's not alcohol, (laughs) so I've just been drinking so do you have
1: like So we don't
0: fucking know <laughs> it's time Dude, to
1: call Docker house
0: I'm well I don't have lupus no <laughs> as usual you can find me on twitter at classlicity and you can
1: find me at SCM Rights. my blog is being reworked to be my peace call blog so if you visit my blog and there's nothing there don't be scared I'm just reworking it
0: and you can find our official Twitter at Wine Murder Night. Um, again, we probably won't be doing another. This might be our last series that we watch for a time, but we are fingers crossed going to get some special episodes in here and there. So you may have some polls or some uh, one off episodes to look out for. Yes. And we always appreciate everybody who. Uh, rates, and reviews the podcast. We are on iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days, on all of the major ones, Spotify, all of that. If you send us a good review, we will absolutely give you a shout-out on the podcast. Yes. And we need to say what, Sabrina? Spasiva. Spasiva to Anton Koryakov, who wrote and performed The Simple Life off the album Restart. Uh, That is our theme song, and we love it very much. We use it in... uh, fuck I'm drunk (laughs) attribution license (laughs) 3.0 thank you until next time